that's a growler. Hello everybody, welcome back to the Never Ending Minute, where we analyze, scrutinize, and snowy skies. The movie, The Never Ending Story. I'm Thomas Howitt. I'm Tierney Steele. I'm Rick. And I'm Julia. From the Mad Max Minute. Whoa, that was impressive. Did you guys practice? <laughs> we spent the whole break just practicing our intro. Oh. Nice. You, you mean all night since yes. la- yesterday's episode, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, we're so glad you're back. Today we're going to talk about Minute 58, which starts with Engiwuk finishing his quote that when confronted with their true selves, most men run away screaming. I can't even do it as well. Um, it ends 60 seconds later with Atreyu approaching the mirror gate. So it's a very dramatic minute. Not as much dialogue as the previous one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a little lacking in anything this minute is. So my first note, we've gone from super sweaty to snowy tundra. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's Uh very Narnia of it. Magic (laughs) and all that. I'd say Narnia might be the most appropriate... um, Callback comparison to make because the geography of Fantasia just seems to be all over the place. And the fact that anybody can navigate and get around is surprising and (laughs) nigh unbelievable. (laughs) Well, see, when you compare it to someplace like, you know, George Lucas's galaxy where each planet has one one climate (laughs) around the whole planet, this is completely different. But, you know, Narnia was winter but never Christmas. This is a blizzard. <laughs> yes, it is. And, and, yeah, not just not just a blizzard, but, it, like, he's... <laughs> how is he finding his way anywhere is what I want to know. He's just stumbling blindly. I am very concerned for his health because that V-neck is not proper attire for this weather. <laughs> I grew no. up in New England, and that is not going to... He is going to get sick. He's going to get through the get through the article only to die of pneumonia. <laughs> you know, it it might look bad, but I'd still go out and get, you know, some dunks in that. <laughs> that's not that's not bad enough or cold enough to not get a nice Maybe coffee. Maybe people be like, "You think the dunks is open?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, he'll die before he reaches the first marker. <laughs> then he'll see you in hell. <laughs> So I have to say, he makes a really bad choice here. Turning around and walking backwards when you have no idea which direction you're going, <laughs> not a good idea. I think he's already lost. He is already so turned around that it is just, it's over. You might as well just wander. Well, spinning in circles is not going to help that situation. <laughs> Does he even have any kind of point of reference for where he's going? <laughs> the wind I mean, hitting his face, maybe? <laughs> yeah, even before oh. the snow and wind started... Did he have any indication of what he was supposed to do next? All we know is he had 109 miles to go. (laughs) That's right. Um, I I was wondering if maybe miles mean something different in Fantasia. (laughs) Funny you should mention that. (laughs) My favorite, uh, not theory, but but callback to the book is that there is no such thing in distance in Fantasia. Mm. You can concentrate on a locale, and if you start heading that or any direction you'll end up there 
So distance supposedly in the according to the book does not matter, but maybe that's why he's not worried about direction. So Morla right. was just being a troll then. Pretty she much. She was just yeah. messing with him. Wow. And Falcor was that person that jumps on the troll's back and kind of continues the joke. <laughs> but is like really proud of themselves for being so clever about it. Right. <laughs> Wait, she was a trolling turtle. Is that what we're going with? <laughs> Ooh. Getting deep here. <laughs> I, I have to say, for all that we are critiquing this situation, I think this is another set that is brilliant for being so insanely simple. Even when you start to see the mirror, that's it. That's all it is. It's that one thing and then the snow around it. Oh, imagine how much snow they had to have to keep it going for this full minute. But it's... That's... That's it. Like, that is just gray in the background. Oh. Like, I... Love it. They do such a good job with so little. And it's that fake Hollywood snow, even though we're in Germany. So they can yeah, reuse it. I can just imagine it. it's a whole bunch of little plastic bags ripped to shreds. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's so... It looks... I, actually, this was a note I had for next minute, but it applies to this one as well. It looks great in the air. It looks terrible on him. <laughs> and unfortunately, the color tr- contrast is so strong, you can't help but notice it. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's... It's not subtle. <laughs> uh, I mean, I get why they wanted to have snow stuck in his hair, but it's just, it's its not, it's really obviously fake when it's in his hair. <laughs> when it's blowing around, it looks so good and it's so effective. And I understand why they use that, but yeah. <laughs> Goodness. Um, but we do start to see the outline of the mirror. In the yeah, haze. this... I mean, it has to, it has to be either dumb luck or just the way the land works for him to come to this mirror because there was no, there was no going, like, there's no destination, like, oh, I'm going to head this direction. It just had to be magically yeah. appearing or something. The mirror finds you. <laughs> well, that would explain why there's so much snow because it is Soviet mirror. And Soviet <laughs> mirror find you. <laughs> I think it goes back to what you said about the book, where distance really doesn't mean anything. You think about where you want to go, and then yeah. just move forward, and it's kind of the next thing that you happen upon. That's exactly what happened here. <laughs> Is that why you walked backwards? Because that was part of the trick. Like, yeah. if you're going to get somewhere, you have to take three steps backwards <laughs> yeah. and turn two times. <laughs> it's like hitting the refresh button. You know, if you don't see it in front of you, spin around, and it'll like refresh what you're not looking <laughs> there at. There you go. Yeah. He also really does not seem cold. So I'm wondering no. if it's cold. If it's I mean, actually yes, snow. It's, or if the hypothermia or has is already it set in. Ash. Is, Ooh. is it nuclear winter? Yeah, yeah it oh, could no. be. <laughs> all right, I thought I went dark, but never mind. <laughs> yeah. The like, ashes of all the knights. Oh, yeah, all the people oh, that were killed by the gate. Oh, and, that's my new what favorite is theory. What's wrong with everyone who ends up on this podcast? Yeah. I'm calling I mean, Donnie and telling him about oh this. Yeah, people go up this. to this mirror and they see their true selves and they run away screaming. Well, maybe they're not able to get back. Maybe <gasps> there are giant beasts that incinerate them and no, then their ashes are just added to the storm. It destroys their confidence. 
Yes, yeah, so when they go back pass, through, oh, and they and don't they have get the Yeah, they Lasers. don't have the confidence left over from get because we were saying, oh, well, you have the confidence of knowing you got through it the first time, but now that they're having an existential crisis, they don't have that anymore. So oh, they get wow. lasered on the way out. This is brilliant. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I am so happy right now. <laughs> Oh, good, because you're not going to be happy when you see the peaks on my uh, Audacity file this week. Jeez. I'm sorry, I'm trying. It's all right. It's so good. So, since this is arguably the slowest minute in the week, why don't we take a quick break and and talk to you guys about your never-ending story story. (laughs) Words are good. Yes. So tell us about, you know, like the first time you saw it, what it means to you, stuff like that. Let's start with Julia. <laughs> um, I definitely watched this movie as a child, but it, it was one of those movies where you go back and watch it as an adult and you're like, oh, wow, I did not get this at all as a child. <laughs> I didn't understand any of it as a child. I just liked, you know... Horses and princesses uh, and giant rock people. They were unicorns, Dad. <laughs> unicorns. <laughs> and I definitely remember, like, wow, those are boobs. They're, <laughs> they're just there. <laughs> definitely remember that from a child. Um, so, yeah, I definitely didn't understand it. But I, I watched it as a child. What year did this come out? 84. 1984. March, if I'm okay. remembering correctly. <laughs> you know, it was that so, it was that weird year where the government took over everything, and everyone had giant TV screens on their walls and wore drab gray and had that you know hour of hate, and yeah. it was weird. And then yeah. New Year's was a heck of a party. Yeah, Apple fixed it. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Apple fixes everything. Yeah, most things. <laughs> I don't remember the first time I saw it. I think I was young enough that it was just. Always a there. movie. Yeah, it was just always there. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. As for me, a lot of the times, movies from the 80s, I will have seen them on television because back in the 90s, you didn't have a million channels and the channels that you did have didn't have a ton of programming. So they just licensed movies that had come out like 10 years prior. So part of me thinks that I first saw Never Ending Story on you know, syndicated television, but I also have a distinct memory of being in middle school and being shown the never ending story as an example of like story structure, like Ooh. hero's journey type of thing. Mm-hmm. Because I had, I had an English teacher like that who liked to show us movies. I think it was the same English teacher that showed us Lady Hawk three times. <gasps> I love that movie. Oh, I love that movie so much. Yeah. But Never Ending Story is one of those movies where it's very cut and dry. You know, this is Act 1, this is Act 2, this is Act 3. You know, he is progressing through the hero's journey. This is very obviously meeting with this person. This is him, you know. I don't know the specific elements of the hero's journey. We have a copy. Julie has been reading it. Mm -hmm. I have not. (laughs) So I'm not as well versed with it. Yeah, I think there's part of it being a kid's movie, there's part of it being a quest movie, it just lends itself so well to that. Mm. So yeah, uh-huh. I, I remember being one of my first exposures to this movie being as a text, more than yes. 
a viewing experience. Interesting. Which leads perfectly into my question of, have either of you read the book? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> I mean, fair. <laughs> yeah, most people haven't, in, in your defense. Yeah. It's not, it's not a requirement. <laughs> no. I actually I just... didn't know that it was a book until you mentioned it uh, oh. during this week. Oh, yeah. No, I, I just love pointing it out because of the trivia that... So this is only the first half of the book. Oh. Yeah, there's another whole half of the story of Bastion in Fantasia. Mm. And Neverending yeah. 2 kind of takes that on in a roundabout way, but not exactly. As you may have guessed. <laughs> so have you both read the book? Yes. Is it both. worth reading? I think so, yeah. I thought it was fantastic. I, I technically didn't read it. I listened to the audiobook, but okay. it was. Yeah. I thought it was fantastic. I've read it a few times. It does a really good job of weaving in Bastion in the story because it's not as awkward as doing the cutbacks to him in the movie. Yeah. It, it is more like the story. It, these stories are happening parallel and then they start to intersect. And like, it, it's, it, it's very cool that way. Now, it is a kid's book and it is very much, you know how we were saying like, oh, there are very clear scenes. And it is very much like, here is the chapter where he meets this person. Here is the chapter where he meets Morla. Here is the chapter where this happens. Like, I mean, but um, something that I always manage to forget until I'm rereading it, each chapter starts with the next letter in the alphabet, which is so unnecessary, oh, but what? I just love. What? I love weird structure things like that, where it's like, you just made a rule for yourself. <laughs> yeah. You didn't need to do that. Tierney, you just blew my mind. That is that no, was actually I was, I, really charming. Oh my god! I listened to it on audiobook. Oh, I wouldn't have picked right. that up. No, each chapter starts with um. The first page is like um. Uh, oh shoot! What are they called in the manuscripts? Where it's like the really elaborate drawing around oh. the letter, and it starts with that. And then when you start the chapter, like that's the first letter of whatever you know, whatever word starts it. Like it starts the next one. I wish I had it in front of me right now. Oh, but, so, so are you talking about when they take letters and they illuminate them? Yes. Okay. Yes, it's like an illuminated page. I mean, it's black and white because it's a mass so paperback that I was reading. So the chapters are alphabetical. Basically, yeah. Are there more than twenty six chapters? I think there's twenty six, but again, I would have to double check it because it's been. It was one of those things I had noticed and then forgotten, and then when I was rereading it for this project, I got to like the third chapter and was like. Hey, wait a second. <laughs> no, no one ever told me this. <laughs> I don't know what to, I, 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 I'm so confused. I I will go back to the library and I will uh, have some fun with my scanner. And I'm going to listen to the audiobook know. and pay attention to every chapter change now. <laughs> like, what's the first letter? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Goodness. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Thomas, did I just blow your mind? You did. And I fully I've admit never it. <laughs> it's it's the first time it only took us fifty eight episodes, but you did. I, I'm not sure if it's the first time ever, but it is definitely the most dramatic. <laughs> yes. That that took me quite by surprise. Oh man. <laughs> Yay! Yay for <laughs> quiet minutes. <laughs> We have a few of those in this movie. Like, you guys are not the first person where I sent this email. I was like, 
So sorry there are no words in this entire minute. Oh, <laughs> we are very familiar with entire minutes with no words. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Mad Max is not the most uh, wordy mm. of movies. No, it's actually <laughs> weird when we get a minute or we guest on another show where there's like actual like multiple lines of dialogue. It's like, oh, oh, th- oh they're talking. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, why it's are weird. your characters explaining so much? Yeah. <laughs> But I find that when we're, like, forced to, you know, fill time, we come up with fantastic stuff. Like a book that has every letter of the <laughs> yes. alphabet starting each chapter. Yeah. I really wish. And I only read the first half because I didn't want to confuse myself by reading further and, like, going past the movie. So I only read up to where the movie meets the book. And yeah. so now I'm just so annoyed because I'm like, oh, but I'm pretty sure that there it, that it is... You know, because you wouldn't start that and abandon it. Come on. No, right. no, you're committed now. Yeah. <laughs> I put the book on my Amazon uh, wish list. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't. I do have a couple more notes for this minute. Mm-hmm. One being that this is almost, like I said before in the earlier minutes this week, this is proof that Engiwook got half of his information, at least half of his information third hand. Because there's no way he could see this this gate and see what it's doing oh yeah unless one of those crystal settings is to see through snow no i think some people some people would completely lose their minds and get lasered as we've now established but some people would just be freaked out enough that they couldn't go through the gate but they don't completely so they would be able to walk back through and tell them be like man this is what happened and it was freaky I also wonder if the blizzard is constant or if it's just activated when somebody is around. <laughs> it's it's only there when the White Walkers are going through. Right. <laughs> Winters come. They're on their way to the wall. I'm actually very surprised at how small the mirror gate is. And I was going to be cheeky earlier in the week and be like, oh, well, you know, there's so much room above the statues. Why doesn't um, Atreyu just hop on Falcor and fly over them? And get past that way. But then if he had Falcor, he wouldn't really be able to fit through the mirror gate and he would just leave Falcor sitting in the middle of a snowfield. Yeah. Well, so we also would, oh go ahead, sorry. What would happen if Rockbiter came to this gate? Oh my gosh, yeah. No, see, he wouldn't I even be able to see two. Like I think it's the same thing as uh Urkel's needles. I think it just is as big or as small as it needs to be. No, we posited that of why doesn't he just fly with Falcor? And we came up with the theory that it's one of those like the, the door to nowhere, the magic gate, where, like, you could walk around and around it. There just wouldn't be anything. <laughs> You'd just be walking around looking at it from another angle. Like, you can't, you, you have to go through to go through. To oh. see what's on the other side. Yeah. yeah. Trixie, Trixie. Yeah. Trixie, Trixie. Oh, not the first Gollum reference on this show. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, I think we were referencing uh, Angie Wook up there being Gollum-like in his quick changes of mood. I I can say this because I know he's never going to hear it, but Englewood looks, or Enkywood or whoever his name is pronounced, (laughs) um, he looks not exactly like a friend of mine, but very similar to a friend of mine. And it's hard (gasps) to, it's hard to look at Enkywood and not think of my friend. Wow. (laughs) You see it, it, Yes. Is it the tooth that makes it really stick? It's because if so, you might want to talk to your friend about a dentist. 
Well, now you've like ruined it for me. Now I'm only ever gonna <laughs> I was gonna say. like I hadn't thought of that. Um, you guys are gonna be very traumatized when you hear our analysis of Enki Wick's psychological problems oh. <laughs> of watching this gate. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, he's he's a full on Dumbledore. He's just like, yeah, Treyu, go do this thing. Let me know how it goes. Yeah. I know it seems dangerous. Just go do it. Yep. You'll probably die, but if you come back, you can tell me all about it. <laughs> um, the last note that I have is we start to hear my favorite music again. Oh, the Mischief Life of Crime music? I think you called it the book music, but I like yes. Mischief Life of Crime. <laughs> I have to enjoy this minute because next minute it gets bad. Well. It gets seriously distorted and, and ruins it, but. That's next minute. But that's, that's another, another story, story that shall, shall be told another time. time. Ooh, that was magical. <laughs> Wow, something is really different. I'm a growler.